0: Thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here in the Lockdown Podcast Network, free and available where you get your podcast. And also, today's episode is brought to you by Run Your Pool. March Madness is here, and Run Your Pool has a better way to create your bracket. RunYourPool.com, the premier sports pool hosting service. On today's episode, what else are we going to talk about? Michigan State gets their bid to March Madness for the 24th year in a row, opening up against Davidson and a familiar face, and we also recap the Big 10 tournament. We do all that with our guy dave klein of spartanhoops.com let's go you are locked on spartans your daily podcast on the michigan state spartans part of the locked on podcast network your team every day spartan fans how on earth are we doing and let me be the first or maybe second or third. I don't, I don't know how many people you talk to in your daily life that talk about this sort of stuff. But let me be one of the first people to welcome you to a 24th consecutive year of Michigan State in March Madness. I've got a horrible, horrible, anxious pit in my stomach. Uh, I already feel like I want to throw up. So yeah, that's right, baby. It's that time of year again. It's March Madness. It's in the air. It's time to believe It's time to have nervous breakdowns. It's time to talk yourself into this team making another Final Four run. It's just a magical time. And we're going to get to a lot, a lot of business here. Because, well, we got to recap the Big Ten tournament. we got to, of course, talk about uh, Michigan State's first round draw against Davidson. And uh, we're going to do this all in the second and third segment with Dave Klein. But first, uh, let's just go through everything we missed uh, since the last time we've talked to each other. Now, before we get to either of those just want to press pause right now and ask you to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. probably already know it. This is the Locked on Spartans podcast, and we do this five days a week. We are going to have a fun week of shows here as we build up to Friday's first round matchup for Michigan State. Gambling talk. Uh, we'll get a more in-depth Davidson preview later this week. I'll try to get one of their uh, beat writers on. Uh, we're going to talk with Anthony Ayani. We'll talk to Graham Couch at some point this week, so... Yeah, really fun week of shows coming up here, guys, to get you all ready for the big dance. And second, uh, if you want to email, comment, questions, anything, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. All right, let's do it. Uh, now, I am recording very early on after Selection Sunday just to get like my instant reaction. So, no, I do not know what time the game's going to be on Friday, but yeah, it'll be Friday, and it will be against the Davidson Wildcats, which. Almost won the Atlantic 10 championship. They were up five with just over a minute left, and then those Richmond Spiders uh, clipped them pretty good. Now Davidson, oddly enough, did not shoot the three-pointer all too well in the Atlantic 10 championship, but they're one of the best three-point shooting teams in the land. A top five percentage on the year, shooting it at a cool 38% clip. Yes, that is, of course, led by Foster, lawyer, uh, that's the, the old uh, transfer out of Michigan State. Yes, we get to see him. And I'm going to be honest, like, I, I know that there's some rumors like, oh, wow, this is made-for-TV drama right here. Even Izzo uh, commented that, you know, this is going to be good for TV. I, I don't really necessarily think there was any conspiracy around the selection committee, though, to pair Michigan State up with Davidson. Um, I'm not sure if anyone in that selection room, when, when they're making this whole bracket, really thought, hey... Davidson, is. don't they have a guy that used to play at Michigan State? But hey, it could be run. Nonetheless, uh, this is the matchup in the first round, and I kind of like the seeding for Michigan State. I, I have no complaints about the seven seed right there. I have no complaints about Davidson on the ten seed. Heck, I actually think there's a lot of other tougher ten seeds that you could have played, and the first one that comes to mind is certainly Loyola. Uh, that would be another tough matchup for Michigan State, but as Vegas tells us, Davidson's going to be a tough matchup as well, as the Wildcats are already one-and-a-half-point favorites. Now, we will get more into the weeds of this matchup as the week goes on. Just wanted to go through it really quick. Um, Yeah, I I don't mind the seed. Seven seems about right after having such a good Big Ten tournament the first two days, and then, yeah, okay, the loss against Purdue kind of capped them off at that seventh seed. And uh, personally, how do I, like, physically feel about it? Uh, Nauseous, because I could just see Foster Lawyer going, Eight for eleven from behind the arc, uh, adding uh, twenty nine points. We'll call it. I, I, I don't know. I just. Oh boy. I. Mm. I, I hey, listen. Like I, I'm. I'm not feeling great right now, but I guarantee you. By like, Tuesday at lunch, I'll, I'll convince myself that yeah, this Michigan State team is going to New Orleans and uh, beating Duke. Who would be the team at Michigan State would play in the second round? Now, uh, we've talked about it all last week that I don't think there's a real big difference between the one seeds and the two seeds uh, in in this tournament. So the one seeds, Gonzaga, Arizona, Kansas, Baylor. Okay, really strong pack right there. After that, it's Villanova, Duke, Kentucky, Auburn. Heck, I mean, those last four teams we just named. Like, they look like one seeds this year too, right? So of all of them, though... Yeah, I think I'm going to opt to take Duke, a team that just got tuned up pretty good against a not-so-great Virginia Tech team, and also a Duke team that, in not-so-far-recent memory either, that well, got worked on their home floor against uh, North Carolina. Now, is that a gameplay stylistic thing that they just don't match up well against those teams? Perhaps. Or is it that those Duke players are really feeling the pressure that this is Coach K's final year, and uh, it's starting to get to them maybe a little bit, Maybe that too. It's probably a little bit a of combination of both. So yeah, if Michigan State could get past Davidson, oh yeah, Duke in the second round, woohoo! Yeah. Uh, so, but hey, that that it is what it is. Um, not necessarily uh, thrilled with this year ending in a seventh seed, but hey, you know what? Uh, that middle <laughs> patch of February was so bad that by the time the Big Ten tournament rolled around, that's what Michigan State was going to cap themselves off at. So yeah. All things considered, in the short term, eh, okay, cool. Um, seven seed's fine. You you made your bad, and I think Michigan State can make a little bit of hay here, so we'll see. And I gotta tell you what, um, I'm feeling a lot more optimistic about the tournament than I was, well, before the Big Ten tournament started, really. I mean, Michigan State ends on a skid where they're losing like seven of nine games, and then they take on Maryland at home. Okay, they start to see that lead dwindle down to three, and then, okay, well... That first round of the Big Ten tournament was also ugly, too. As you saw a, what, 13-point lead with three minutes left dwindle down to a potential game-winning shot by Maryland. Well, that was bad. I still think that it was an overly optimistic outlook for the Big Ten tournament Michigan State just had. And before the Big Ten tournament, I was thinking, okay, Michigan State is probably a one-and-done team in the NCAA tournament, unless we see a few things. And some of those few things were, uh, hey... Marcus Bingham can start playing good if he could, uh, you know, uh, show a focused game, an engaged game, start feeling a little good there. Uh, he played outstanding against Wisconsin, just simply outstanding against Wisconsin. We also said, okay, well, if this team as a whole can just play engaged defense, because that's been an up and down roller coaster throughout this whole season, we're going to start feeling pretty good. And I got to say, uh, the first. 35 minutes against Maryland felt really good about the defense. The whole 40 minutes against Wisconsin felt really great about Michigan State's defense, as, of course, they also held Johnny Davis to 3 of 19 shooting that night. Hooey! And i got to say, even though the Purdue game did not go well, and, yes, there were two lapses at the very end where they left open a 44% three-point shooter to hit back-to-back threes and essentially end the game, I think the rest of that game outside was just... I thought that was really good defense too. So yeah, I I love the defense top to bottom, whether it be AJ Hogard, whether it be Gabe Brown, whether it be Marcus Bingham, like I I feel as good about the defense as I had in quite some time, probably like mid December. If we can scale it all the way back to that, uh, AJ Hogard, look at that. Like he looked really good in the second half against Purdue. Um, just kind of had his way in the paint. I mean, just bully ball. And, uh, Yeah, so we also got to talk about the other point guard situation though, because that is um, one big bummer here is that, uh, yeah, you guys saw it against Purdue is that within 10 seconds of game time, A.J. Hogard and Tyson Walker both leave the game with hurt ankles. Now, okay, A.J. Hogard able to come back. But Tyson Walker, he tried to come back in that game, but it, it was just not working. And Tom Izzo at the press conference after Selection Sunday said that, Tyson Walker uh, probably won't do anything in practice early this week, and if the game was like tomorrow, that it would not be looking good. But hey, luckily for Michigan State, uh, it's not tomorrow. It is Friday. You get the full six days to rest up and hopefully uh, kind of get things in an okay spot. But yeah, that's, that's one unfortunate thing, especially with, well, Davidson coming to town, who has a pretty good backcourt, who has a great, great perimeter game. You would appreciate a guy that is good at perimeter defense like Tyson Walker to be available and fully healthy for that game, but it sadly is what it is, and we'll see what kind of Tyson Walker we get, well, Friday when the game starts. I mean, no looking into crystal balls here and there until then, but yeah, that's that's really the one downside that I saw from the Big Ten tournament. Um, yeah, okay, of course, like the shooting wasn't great in the Purdue game, but that's a team that, okay, it wasn't just their third game in three days, but also their sixth game in 12 days. Um, and, you know, yeah, it wasn't all perfect. Like, yeah, the turnover issues kind of came back in the second half against Purdue. Uh, but that's something that we've seen all season. So there's nothing new that really popped out to me in the Big Ten tournament that I'm all of a sudden, you know, really nervous for. Overall, all the new things that we saw in the Big Ten tournament are things trending in the right direction. Just like I said, that, that defense, Marcus being looked really good, looking uh, like A.J. Hogarth is, is rounding into form. So, yeah, hey, who, who's to say? Well, actually, maybe Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com can add something on top of all that. And we will talk to him on the other side of this quick little break here. I just got to talk to you fine folks about Run Your Pool. March Madness is uh, just a few days away, guys, and that means you need to start thinking now about where you're going to be running your brackets this year. Are you going for the usual, or are you looking for the best? Well, we've done our homework here, and we're running brackets with RunYourPool.com. Along with standard brackets, Run Your Pool offers game types like Survivor, Pickaxe, they got a little Squares format in there, go check out all their fun formats. And they have options to edit scoring, they have way more intel than ESPN or CBS is going to give you, and they offer full white glove customer support, custom branding, and one of the easiest 3 minute setups you will ever find. If you've got a business, Run Your Pool can take some of that March Madness magic and play alongside your employees, or hey, even gain some more customers. And clearly, we believe Run Your Pool because, like I said, we are running our brackets there ourselves. And there's no truer test than that. If you want to play against us for a shot at a cash prize up to $1,800, join us now at runyourpool.com slash locked on. And while you're there, create your own pool for your friends and family. Enter Pure Madness at checkout for $10 off your custom pool. All the rules and details will be available there. Also, I have to talk to you fine folks about Stat Hero. That's right, Stat Hero. Man, I, I love March Madness and I love brackets. I can't wait to fill mine out after I'm done recording here. But uh, t- truth be told, cannot remember the last time I won any money or even went beyond the first weekend in any of my pools. Uh, that's why I'm hedging my bets this year with Stat Heroes NCAA Pick'em contest. Stat Heroes NCAA game sing- single game pick'em's pit star players against each other in an amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Take control back from those handicappers that always seem to have the advantage. And start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. And Stat Hero gives you the advantage resulting in their gamers winning four times more often. Why? Well, it's because Stat Hero eliminates the mystery about who or what you're going up against. And in addition to their pick 'em games, they also have dozens of lineups you can comb through to take on head to head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with your set of players that you choose yourself. Stat Hero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fix. The simple, sleek gameplay will have you playing in minutes. It's just the way Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash lockdown and use promo code lockdown for a 100% instant deposit match. That's stathero.com slash lockdown. Use promo code lockdown for a 100% match. stathero.com slash lockdown. Promo code lockdown. Terms and conditions apply. And before chatting with our guy, Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com, I just want to thank you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day. Now go check out Locked On Bracket Breakdown on March 14th right here on the Locked On Spartans podcast feed and YouTube channel. College basketball experts Chris Gordy, Andy Patton, and betting expert Lee Sterling give you in-depth breakdowns on every matchup. We've got a familiar voice on the other end. You already know who it's going to be. It's Dave Klein of SpartanHoops.com gracing us with his presence yet again to spill his knowledge, his takes, his thoughts on Michigan State basketball and uh, all things happening over the weekend. DK, let's just get right into it. You know what? I'm not even going to ask how you're doing. I'm sure you're doing okay. Uh, What was your initial thought? Selection Sunday show, and then, unlike last year where we had to wait till the very end to see Michigan State, right out of the gate, 7 Michigan State, 10 Davidson. What
1: goes through the mind of Dave Klein? The first thing that I think is good athletic matchup for Michigan state. That's honestly the first thing, obviously the foster lawyer story and just sure. is there a conspiracy there? Do they like the storylines? Maybe, maybe that's part of it. Um, right. But I think that we, we saw it in a couple of the mocks. I know that you must be a conflicted man, given your love and admiration for foster lawyer of the years. I, I mean, know. maybe even part of the, the fan club train. And now here you are like, you know, you, you have to be completely conflicted yourself. So maybe I should be asking you how you're doing first, and then we can flip it back around. Not well
0: at all. Um, no, because <laughs> listen, I, and also too, like, there's just so much like poetry and uh, romanticism and, and all things sports, you know, and what greater storyline than would it be for the plucky undersized guard to rear his head against the team that, he left because, quite simply, he couldn't really play here and then just pop us for like a 27 on any given <laughs> night. So, like, yeah, just absolutely jazzed about that. But then, like, I, I, I uh, this is really rare for me. I, I rationalize a little bit. I'm like, well, the reason he couldn't really play here is because he wasn't physically capable. And I think Michigan State kind of has the the, the dogs not kind of wood to maybe slow him down. But here's the thing. You also got four other guys that shoot about 38%. So, like, that's the name of the game, right? Just the three-point shooting from Davidson? Or is there something else about that team that you like early on here? I know I'm catching you very early after Selection Sunday. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I
1: mean, we're going to dive into it a little deeper. We'll get an article out that kind of that, that really dives in deep into what they are. But the first thing when I was just looking at their Kempom page that came off to me is uh, kind of the lack of competition that they played uh, this season. I, I think that Big that's time. probably a good Big starting time. point um give me one second let me pull the page up I just had it for a minute and then I lost it
0: no you're good they're they're not conference schedule like rivaled uh like Okemos high schools non-conference schedule like it, not a lot of teams are although they did they did beat one of like the good teams they actually played in Alabama by one point but that's when we all thought that Alabama was like very good this year and then oh Alabama's not the team they were <laughs> they were last year at all so it's yeah, that that jumped out at me, too. It's just the lack of competition, man.
1: Yeah, so they've only played three teams in the top 50 of Ken Palm. And wow. during that stretch, they, they beat Alabama, um, but uh-huh. they lost to San Francisco, who's 21, the Dons, and then they also lost uh, to Dayton, who's 57. So it's a situation where – Yes, they have some nice wins in a lot of their numbers. You look across, you know, the offense, they're, they're 11th ranked in the country, you know, eighth overall in three-point percentage. The two-point percentage, their top 35. You know, there's a lot to like in the offensive column, maybe not as much in the defensive column. But I just am not quite sure that they've seen a team outside of Alabama, who you got to credit, again, they beat them, right? Um, totally, outside yep. of Alabama, they really haven't seen a team of Michigan State's size and length and athleticism. And I think that if you're looking at maybe where can this kind of tip in Michigan state's favor, to me, it's there. I think that there's a clear advantage inside the paint, which how many teams can we have say that about this entire season? Uh, They're going to be able to score inside. And I think that, you know, they can exert some of their athletic advantage on to Davidson. And if you lock down the perimeter, um, I think that they're going to be in some trouble because there's not a ton of guys that can create a shot on the team. So I'm. I think that it's it's tough. If they hit a couple shots, it could go a different way for Michigan State. But this is a game that I, I'm expecting to win. I think I would be disappointed in a loss. Obviously, you would too. But um, I, I think it'd be extremely disappointing to end that note.
0: And did you let your mind look ahead to what the second round matchup was going to be? Of course, it'd be against Duke. And I know a lot of fans are being like, "Oh, Izzo against Coach K, we could end his career." But I got to be honest, like. I haven't even let myself go to the second round yet. Like, I'm just so strung up about this first round game. But how about you? Like, are you are you starting to get a little excited about the potential that,
1: oh, man, Izzo can put a bullet
0: in Coach K's career?
1: Yeah, that would be fun, right? I think that storyline excites me as much as maybe the Foster Lawyer, which I almost feel bad, right? Like there's this is kind of Uh, a new situation for both parties here, right? Like if Foster Lawyer goes Mm -hmm. out to Michigan State, like the whole reason why he left, like you said, is because he couldn't really hang in here. I mean, if he wins, I guess that's a great storyline for him and then just an awful one for us. So I don't know. There's really really not a winner. But if you look ahead to that next one and you say – Okay, like Duke, probably a top five talented team this year. Haven't been really playing like it recently down the stretch. You know, you lose at home. You you begin to feel like maybe this younger group is starting to feel some of the pressure of this Coach K, you know, farewell tour, basically. Uh, They lose at home to UNC. They lose to Virginia Tech, uh, who's an older team and decent starting to peak at the right time. But, like, they, they aren't exactly, like, going into this tournament feeling great about themselves. And I think it's a situation where Michigan State really would be playing with house money at that point. You win the first game, you put yourself in a position to maybe end Coach K's career after he's gotten basically, you know, the benefit of just abusing you guys for the years and years and years. And now, you know, you've won the last two or three, so you have a little momentum. If you top that off and you make a Sweet Sixteen by ending Coach K's career with a, with the team that he has that's more talented. Again, like I just, I mean. That's that's a lot of motivation for a guy who loves to win and hates to lose. it's all yeah, i Yeah,
0: I I also can't let myself think that because as you're talking, I'm just getting way too excited about just that prospect. I I swear I swear in my life I will get the first flight out of DTW to Durham, North Carolina to greet Coach K home if uh, Michigan State ends his career. I wouldn't be able to be contained. I would tweet so many things that like I'd probably lose my job over, and that just be the beginning. Like uh like me and my wife for going away this week and I completely ruined that trip like it, she would no longer have any attention from me the rest of the weekend so it'd be I'd lose my job and marriage over it but like worth it maybe like I don't know like that'd be a really fun game to to win and just send Kay out to pasture and oh March Madness is here baby I'm so excited oh man I keep violently going between just like absolute dread and just absolute <laughs> hysteria, man. Like, is this not the, this is the worst time of year, but also the best time of year. Like this
1: is got to be like your favorite time of year too, right? It's absolutely my favorite time of the year. And I think like, I think our perspective really changed because of the big 10 tournament. We haven't really talked about that. I think we should dip for a, a minute into that waters because before the big 10 tournament, I think both of us were basically ready for the season to be over. I think that we were reaching a point yeah. where it's just like this, this team looks cooked it's another season where just stick a fork in them because I don't you know I don't want to see them lose the first game and have to hear it again, like I'm just sick of it, and they turn that perspective around. I mean, they almost gave away the game at Maryland after being up twenty, you know that was a little bit take that game aside, the end of that game aside that just went like almost disastrously bad. They yeah. played some pretty good basketball for long stretches of this weekend in concession, yeah. which we haven't seen. We haven't seen them like put back to back to back to performances together. And to do it and do it like day after day after day, I was really impressed. I mean, I think that the Wisconsin game showed a lot of metal and a lot of grit against a team that kind of made you play their grindy style the first half. Then they find a way to be able to manufacture points. Marcus Bingham has a nine point personal run in the middle of that second half. And you're like, oh, okay." the senior urgency is back for him and Gabe Brown. Well, that's good to see because I thought that was over. And, and then you look at what A.J. Hogar did against Purdue. Walker goes down, and we'll have to see what happens with that injury. That's a big loss. But A.J. showed that he clearly can take the keys uh, and take the team around for a spin because that was a masterclass in how to score the basketball without having a jump shot because he basically got wherever he wanted to in the paint, 10 assists, zero turnovers. He took 16 shots in the paint. And I went back, and when I watched it, Everyone was a good shot outside of that pullback three yeah. that he had. He's tried to take in the first half. Every shot was basically three feet and in. And most of them were just like a roll off the rim where he probably could have ended up with 20 plus points that game. So he really showed us that he has the ability to play in the half court, which we haven't seen. And I think if you're taking one big takeaway from this past weekend, it's that the ceiling of maybe where AJ Hogar can take this team this season and into next year is perhaps a little bit higher than we were willing to give him credit for this year because that really just opened up my eyes completely. We've seen it in flashes, but that was, like I said, it was a master class in how to be able to just use his God-given gifts and his body and his strength to be able to will himself to the rim. So,
0: Yeah, no, 100%. He took it all out of my mouth down to the future too because, like, yeah, just that one game, and sure it came in a loss to Purdue, but, like, in the second half it's like – I haven't seen a guard have his way in the paint and to the rim like well, Cassius Winston. Now, I'm not saying he's Cassius Winston. He does not have the jumper at all. I mean, that, there, there's definitely some things to work on there. But, like, just around finishing at the rim, that layup package that he was showing, against some pretty formidable guys in the paint for Purdue, man. I mean, that was, that's was that got to be a little fired up for the tournament, too. Be right back with our guy Dave Klein in a hot second. But first, just have to talk to you fine folks about betonline.net. Woo! It's that time of year again as college basketball's tournament is fully upon us. From the latest odds, contests, and player props, Bet Online is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season, and it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today. Use a mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. We saw what Max Christie looks like when he has like four days of rest. On Friday, you, you might have like six days of rest behind him. Like guy you can count on all of a sudden this tournament, or what is your whole take on the Max Christie thing? Because if I could ramble a little bit longer, he has that turnover issue that he just can't hang out. man. We saw that against Purdue where it's like, okay, the defender's clearly in front of you, trying to telegraph a pass, and here you go. I'm just going to give it to you anyway. Like what, what's your general take on Christie going into this tournament? I know it's such a vague
1: Question. Yeah, I, I think that they got to lean on him a little bit less. Uh, I'll be honest with you because okay. yes, we saw what he had in that Maryland game and he got loose a little bit. The legs looked good. And then he kind of returned back to who he's been for most of it the, the next two games. Yeah. And I thought he really struggled that Purdue game. I think it was three for 10 from the field. He kept firing mid-range jump shots and it was driving me crazy. I don't think his shot selection has been great because as we've discussed you know, previously on this, I think he really struggles to get all the way to the rim through contact and score. That's something that I yeah. think is going to change next season. He's going to add muscle and it's going to look different. It's going to open up his whole game. Um, but I, I think that they're playing him again a little bit too much when you have some options coming off the bench. Um, the ability to play the guard lineup, which we saw in long stretches, you know, with Akins with Walker, hopefully when he comes back besides like, I want to see Hogarth and, and Walker play longer stretches, but having mm-hmm. Hogarth control the ball and Walker being the off ball guy, because you want somebody to be able to create and score in the mid range. And then he's shooting, you know, 50% above 50% from deep. So having another weapon, another shooter on the floor is interesting to me. So I, I think that overall, there's an ability for this team to kind of round out into form a little bit, and we saw some flashes of that. So I, I'm, I'm hopeful. I guess I'm hopeful about where it's going.
0: I'm right there with you too. And like my, I think my turning point too was we loved everything we saw. Okay, not everything. Sorry, we loved everything we saw the first 35 minutes against Maryland. We loved everything we saw against Wisconsin. And then like you turn around and you're like, hold this team just beat Wisconsin with one made three pointer. Like the, the the defense really drove them through that game. Their urgency on the boards really helped them during that game. Like above anything else, like what was the number one thing that impressed you? And if it's something that you've already said. um,
1: Yeah, really I mean, I that, think no that, I think the most impressive, again, was the two point guards showing that they can close the game down. Um In the Wisconsin yeah. game, Tyson Walker scored nine of his 11 points in the final 135. It was almost reminiscent of that Illinois game down the last like four minutes where he yeah. scored like three points. and he was like, oh, my God, that was an explosion. Um, and he he went five for five from the free throw line. He hit two jumpers down the end of that Wisconsin game. And he really closed the door. And we haven't really seen our point guards be able to do that. Um, and to see that performance and then to have that backed up after he goes out with injury for AJ to have the performance that he did. I think when you look across the country, the, the point guard spot is really down overall. There's just not a lot of great guards this season. And to get those performances in like win or go home type situations from both those guys I think, again, that's the biggest takeaway I have, that for the end of the season, however long, and hopefully Walker can go, um, that is exciting. But when you look again to next year and to see maybe what the feeling of the two of them can be together, I think there's a lot to be excited about, and Hogard really took that step for me this weekend.
0: Who's going to be the most important player then? I mean, obviously you got six, maybe even seven candidates on this team, and I, I you know, cried up and down that it's going to be Malik Hall going into this Big Ten tournament, going into March Madness. But then again, like, not a great game at all against Wisconsin. He just had two points. I mean, five rebounds, pretty solid there. But they still won in spite of him not having a great offensive performance. So I, I might have just been proven wrong before March Madness even starts. But who do you think is going to have to be the most important guy for Michigan State?
1: I think it's probably Marcus Bingham because defensively they're a different team when he's on the floor, when he's eating shots, when he's rebounding the way that he did. Um, there's a lot to like, I mean, he had a huge slump. It really looked like maybe his, you know, his kind of tenure was going to be done. And then the last five games, he's had a bit of a resurgence, 12 points per game, 7.6 rebounds, um, 1.6 blocks. And then that Wisconsin game, when he finished with a career high, 19 points, 11 boards and three blocks, you're just like, okay. Like, if he's going to do this, then Michigan State's going to be able to compete with teams that actually have a center. And I think that that was maybe the biggest concern that I had. We've seen kind of how, you know, Michigan State's defended the center. Joey Brunk goes for 18 on us just like a week or two ago. I'm still traumatized from that, you know? Hunter Dixon puts up a career high. So there's a lot of good front courts across the country. And if you can't get a stop, you know, I think that that changes it. And, And Bingham. If Bingham plays like this and he's locked in and the the staff actually rewards him by playing him 20, 22 minutes, Michigan State is just a much, much better team. There's nobody that can do what Bingham does when he's not locked in. So I think that to me he's the biggest swing piece, although I like the Hall one because I I still think that there's, you know, takeover ability for Hall that he's shown in flashes. And when he does flash and he, he plays as well as he has in spots offensively, again, Michigan State becomes a much better team. So I don't mind that one at all.
0: And just to jump back to March Madison, the full bracket, whatever, and this is a way for Michigan State. Like, any other thoughts on the bracket as a whole? Because if I'm going to have an honest dialogue with myself, like seeing Michigan play in Indianapolis as an 11 seed against Colorado State, like that, that kind of was like, oh, man. That, that's actually a really good draw for them. It's very favorable. Then they get Rick Barnes in the second round. It's like, oh, my God, that sucks. And then Iowa gets a five seed after just barnstorming to a Big Ten title. Thought that was very odd. They should be a, a four, if not a three. But any other like bracket thoughts or bracket takeaways from you?
1: Um, How about this? I think that the team that's going to cut down the Nets this year uh, is going oh, to be let's go for it in the West coast time. I think it's either Arizona or I think it's the Zags this year. I, I just think that a lot of teams have kind of faltered down the stretch. I know Kerr Kirsa's is banged up right now. He's got like a foot injury. I still think Arizona is really, really good. And you've seen a lot of these teams kind of falter a little bit. Um, I would keep my eye on Kentucky too. Maybe they're kind of like that, yeah. but then they, they've kind of played okay down the stretch here. So, uh, but that's, that's kind of where I'm going. I think it might be Arizona this year, which would be a great story, right? If, maybe like the Zags met Arizona and his, you know, his former assistant then ends up beating him. I mean, that's like, that's a sweet, sweet storyline where he then again gets to where he wants to go and is stopped by the guy that was just working for him. Like, I, I think there's a lot of good storylines, but that one would be one I would a hundred percent buy into. So.
0: If I was a Gonzaga fan, I would, I would just swear off sports. I, I guess all I have is basketball. So I guess I'll just swear off basketball, but like that, you, Name a more painful. I'd rather lose as like to a sixteen seed, make it all the way to the title game, and then lose to the assistant that was there for forever. Like that would just drive me up a, a a bleeping wall, man. So, oh man, God, it's it's
1: upon us. The brackets are upon us. Have you filled yours out yet or no? I did fill one. I always do it initially. Like I just want to do it off the cusp, and I do it, and then I usually yeah. go back and I tweak it slightly. I don't like filling out like a hundred, okay. right? Because then I get it all confused. I don't know which one. I maybe do like two. I'll do like two. So I've done one I do two. Software, yeah. like my initial feel and pulse for it. And I think I'll go back and tweak it because I was like, you know, taking a little closer look at some of the matchups, but
0: I love that. I love that. And um it ended up a lot I, of like, I,
1: it always does the first time through, I think. I'm just like looking at it and like, I can't see them losing. I can't see them losing. And you know it's gonna right. happen, but you just you can't yeah. convince yourself that this team's somehow gonna make a run in some spots, right?
0: Speaking of chalk bracket and to bring it back to Michigan state, like I always love when Obama drops his bracket because it is the chalkiest bracket, except he'll have like one, he'll have one like 10 over seven offset. And I feel like the Davidson Michigan state game is like the prime one that he's going to pick. So I think, I think he's going to pick against us, but yeah, like I, I, I just, everything around brackets, man, it just gets me so fired up, but yeah, I could only make two because I don't have attention span for any more. Like, yeah, I'll make my instant one. Once we hang up, I'll I'll do it. And then I'll do a coin toss one, and I hate to say it, but two years ago in 2019, when MSU made the title or the final four, the coin toss one beat my actual bracket. So that was a very humbling
1: year for years truly. But well, that's just the way it is goes. What it is, I mean, there's nothing you can do about that's it. The way it goes. That's all a crapshoot. No. That's the best part about this season. You know, I, know. Like I probably watched. It's the best. I watched. I don't know how many hours counting thousands of hours of basketball, and I'll go down to the bracket, and I've done like work pools where Susie down in the yeah. county beats me. Sure. Oh my god. Like at least I picked, you know, some of the final yeah. four right in the winner, but she somehow picked 5-12 <laughs> seed yep. upset and she ends up winning because of that decision. Like okay.
0: Yeah. Right. Philip over an accounting who can't name four Big 10 teams uh, somehow <laughs> correctly <laughs> predicted a 15 over 2 seed upset in the first oh, round. It's like that's god, right. that's great. Awesome. Fantastic, I have a great time.
1: It hey, really well, quick, the best this part I, this, I think it draws in people who aren't like diehard fans, you know? It's like oh hundred uh, that's the best part. You get the gambling really crowd, is. you get just like the oh, yeah. fringe people, and then people just love an upset. They love an underdog, they love an upset, yep. and they're just all over, right? I mean, there's just so many games in such a short span, short span. It's it's a beautiful thing. That's what are what you are doing? I got a question you use. before we get out of here. What's yeah, your like yeah. what does the weekend plan look like? I mean, like, do you take a half day Thursday or are you just going to kind of have to work and, like, have it maybe on in the background? Or, like, do you go hard Friday You yeah. take the half day and say, like, boom, this is me?
0: Friday will be a half day that I don't tell anyone else at work about. Um, like, if you try to email me after noon, like, <laughs> what? No, you're, you just wasted, like, your finger muscles typing that off. Like, I, I will not be responding to anything. Uh, but, yeah, Thursday, I'll have it on in the background, I think, especially since Michigan State isn't playing and yep. uh i just want your quick 940 tip-off time on friday do you like it or do you not because i i kind of love it it, it gives it where's the game free. isn't it
1: west coast too are they going to the west coast to play it i can't remember where it's at I didn't
0: msu is in sunny greenville uh north Carolina or south carolina oh, that's Northern right yeah. okay that's right yeah.
1: yes because yeah. we're playing duke in carolina the next game if we end up winning so yep. that's yep. that's always nice too yeah, yeah okay pretty, um right. Yeah, so they don't play till later. I don't I don't I kinda like it, but then like by the time it's like six o'clock, it's gonna be pretty hard not to have cracked a few, you know, brew and oh yeah. What kind of what kind of state we'll be in when the game tips off? That you can't a violent Plus, one. probably get delayed here and there so it won't start till yep. like ten. So correct. I think we'll correct. be pretty rowdy. I imagine the Michigan State fan base will be pretty rowdy before that one. So hopefully enough yeah. juice to, you know, if it if it ends up going the wrong way to just, you know, keep pouring it on and you go from there. So There's something to that. Like, last year when the game ends and it's a
0: late game, you don't have to, like, in it the rest of the day like you did, like, back in 2016, for example. Like, it's, it's all over. I mean, granted, like, if you're also, like, me last year, you're you're in bed just staring at the ceiling for four hours, but <laughs> at least you're not interacting with people and, you know, have to rehash. You're like, oh, my God, what happened to your team today? Like, oh, my God, I, just, I want to punch you in the teeth. Like, please leave me alone. Like, at least you just – and deal with it
1: and you're in your lonesome and bad This is a good point. I mean, nice. it's basically the end of the night, right? And all the games have gone through. Yeah. So you're gonna get some eyes on all your right. game anyways. And if it goes poorly, you're right. You just shut your phone off and you don't talk to anybody till Sunday. Yeah. That's probably what you do.
0: Or or one of my favorite moves, you just tweet through it, baby. You just tweet through it, you never log off, and you just dig yourself into a deeper hole than you were before. So that's the old uh, try and true strategy over here in, in this end of the microphone. It's worked <laughs> well for you over
1: the years. That's good.
0: Sure. Hey, yeah. Yeah. It, it got me a podcast. So, hey, that's, uh, if, if that's what you got to do to get one of these things. Hey, <laughs> let's do it, baby. DK, love having you on as always, man. This, what a, Welcome to our 24th consecutive March Madness as Spartan fans. What a time to be alive. Cannot wait to get this week started, man. And what better guy to start this week than with DK?
1: I appreciate I you having me on, my friend. Go green. Uh, Go away. Let's go. Let's go.
0: Massive thanks to my guy, Dave Klein of Spartanhoops.com, for joining the conversation today. Uh, Yeah, exciting time of year, and no better guy to start it with than, well, yeah, the, the one the only Dave Klein. And thank you guys for joining us too. Really do appreciate you guys listening, whether this is your first time listening to the Lockdown Spartans podcast or if this is your, oh, God bless you, your 600th time listening to Lockdown Spartans. Can't thank you guys enough. This is going to be a really fun time of year, and we got a fun week planned. Uh, You know, we're going to have guys like Anthony Anthony Iani on, Graham Couch on. We'll try to get someone from the Davidson side on, and and we're going to have a hoot and a half here as we uh, find ourselves looking at March Madness for the 24th straight year now before we leave just have to thank you for making locked on spartans your first listen every single day now go make your second listen locked on nfl draft with ryan tracy former nfl cornerback eric crocker they bring the nfl draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and nfl front offices it's free and it's available where you get your podcast